The EPL Show on the Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code SGP for a 50% deposit bonus. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP. Also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use the promo code SGP for an instant deposit match up to $50. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for avid sports bettors, providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks, including picks from the crew at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Better Than Vegas is like YouTube for sports betting. Check out their free videos at betterthan.vegas. That's betterthan.vegas. And finally, we'll also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just head over to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. <laughs> Listening to the EPL show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. Follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. And check out my website, lockbetting.com, where we made money every single month in 2020. 12 months of straight profit, 91 consecutive months of profit overall. You're just not going to get that from any other service, especially not fully tracked and transparent. Every single spreadsheet is added to the lockbetting.com Patreon site. So you can go and have a look back and track every single month and see what we've done. We've made a profit in every single sport in 2020 and we look to continue that in 2021. We have 11 winning weeks in the NFL season. We've won every single night except the opening night in the NBA so far. We're on absolute fire in the NBA. We come into this podcast on a 15 and 2 boxing run, a 15 and 2 boxing run. We absolutely obliterated it in boxing over the last couple of months including sweeping that Canelo fight against Liam Smith. And of course, we all know this was the only podcast or the only service that gave you the draw in the Mike Tyson, Roy Jones fight, a massive 12 to 1 winner as we confidently pick the draw for our clients. And of course, December saw us land 15 units, over 15 units in futures for the Champions League and the Europa League, where we also went 19 in 3 with our locks for those two competitions. The Champions League and the Europa League will be returning next month. So I don't think we've ever had a better record in those competitions. Domestically, on the domestic front, the last couple of weeks of football have been rough. The last couple of weeks of soccer have been rough. You don't have to be a client to know that. The picks here on the podcast have been rough. The Premier League has been almost impossible to predict. That's basically because these players are in desperate need of a winter break. When seven out of eight EPL games go under, which is what happened with the last match day, that pretty much tells you that your algorithm and everything that you've accumulated and worked out over the last few years isn't going to be coming into play 
when you're looking at very, very tired players playing Premier League matches at walking pace. Premier League isn't a league that's played at walking pace. It's played at walking pace when players have played too much football. And let's have a look at how much football they've actually played. Um, They had a break when we went into lockdown, but there was no training being done other than the players training within their home facilities. So there was never really any real football training done. When they were given permission to return to training, they were only given two weeks before the start of the season, before the season resumed in June. And initially, the first week of that was non-contact as well. It was a very, very strange rollout. We did manage to complete the end of last season. And then the players got about a month off. Some of them got even less than that. Those that played in the Europa League and the Champions League, and especially those that are international footballers, because... Those players who play internationally have barely had a break at all because of the poor way that the international window is structured. Some of these players haven't had any breaks at all, especially when you're looking at the likes of players who um, got far in the Champions League or the Europa League, like Bayern players, Manu players, Inter players. So it's been very, very difficult for everybody. And then when you're figuring the domestic league starting along with the Champions League and the Champions League being finished at a faster rate than normal with players playing every single week with Euro 2020 ahead, there's been no break at all. It's been weekend midweek, weekend midweek, weekend midweek, travelling all the way around Europe and then playing more games for your country in between, whether it be friendlies or whether it be um, Nations League games. These players are absolutely knackered. There has never been a schedule cut like this and you're beginning to see it. You're beginning to see top European clubs and top European players looking like shadows of themselves. And some people now have had an international break. Some clubs and countries have, have had international breaks but the Premier League hasn't been one of them they've just plodded along with this ridiculous Christmas schedule and I was even hoping when we had a uh, a few positive Covid tests a few postponements during the last match day something that we haven't seen for a while that perhaps we would get one or two weeks off perhaps that we would get a break from not because I just want to see football go away but I want to see this brand of football go away. I want to see this walking football go away. I want to see this poor standard of Premier League football go away, which is what we've been subjected to for the last two or three weeks. I mean, as a Man United fan, I shouldn't be complaining too much as a Man United supporter because at the moment, Man United have been able to put themselves in a position where they can challenge for the league. We're actually second in the league at the moment, three points behind Liverpool and we'll go level on points to Liverpool if we win a game in hand. But that's the selfish Man U support side of it because Man United are a team that are coping. But looking at this as a better and a professional handicapper, it makes it very, very difficult for me to do my job. You can't really use any algorithms to to handicap these games. You can't use statistical data. You can't use past matches. You can't even look at the tactics and the eye test because these games don't be don't seem to be playing out how they should be when you're looking at the way the two teams coming up against each other have played through the vast majority of the season. I'll give you an example looking at a game this week where you have two completely contrarian styles where Tottenham are going up against Leeds this week. Now, you're very much expecting Leeds to to press the ball, 
Leeds' thing is to pressurise you in two-on-one situations. So that's why you see nearly every game Leeds are outrunning all of their opponents because they're always trying to create two-on-one situations on the press. And sometimes they overpress, which leaves them susceptible to, to gaps in and behind. Well, Tottenham are the ultimate team to exploit gaps in and behind. That is their entire tactic in terms of soaking up pressure at the back and being able to release the ball and setting up counterattacks through the fast players that they have up top and doing the damage through the likes of Kane and Song. That hasn't come to fruition though as of late because Tottenham are coming into this match day having lost two of their last four and without a win in four. So no wins in four for Tottenham isn't how Tottenham were playing coming into this month. There is definite, definite fatigue there. The same can be said of a Liverpool team that haven't won for the last two games. The same can be said of a Chelsea team who haven't won back-to-back games and have had a poor month of December as well. And to be honest with you, this certainly isn't what people want to hear from me, but I probably would avoid betting this league until the third round of the FA Cup is complete. Because I think this particular third round this year, you're going to see a lot of teams who deliberately almost get themselves eliminated from the FA Cup or or filled very, very weakened teams. And teams like Leicester, Everton, Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal, they shouldn't be doing that. They should be going all out to, to win that trophy. But the schedule and the fatigue at the moment means that perhaps the FA Cup will need to be sacrificed. And perhaps that will be the time where these teams finally get to freshen up by not putting out serious teams for the FA Cup, no matter who they're going up against. And then we get a little bit of a reset after the third round is complete. But this game week coming up, this match day coming up is very much, much of the same where you're looking at very, very tired players. You're probably going to see some walking place football. And for me, my immediate thing to do when I was going through this list of fixtures was to fish out as many unders as I possibly could, especially off the back of going seven out of eight last time out. That's seven and one. 7-1 on the unders in the EPL. It's just something that's unthinkable, especially over the Christmas period. But this is a Christmas period like no other, and I don't mean that in a positive sense. We've got no crowds, um, we've got games being postponed through coronavirus, and we've got knackered, knackered players, especially top players who have all been playing, as I said, uh, league football, then Champions League or Europa League, mixed in with Carabao Cup, mixed in with international football. It's just been too much. And unfortunately, it's the standard of football that has suffered the most, suffered more than anything else as a result of this fixture pileup. And I personally will be treading very, very carefully when I'm looking to bet game week 17 here, match day 17 here. And I'll be probably waiting to see what happens after FA Cup round three. I'll probably reevaluate as we head into game week 18 which will take place on Tuesday, the 12th of January. And that's actually going to only be a game week that has six matches. So I'm not sure for the the reasoning behind that, but we have six matches being played on game week 18. And then on game week 19, the teams that didn't play on game week 18 will face two matches on game week 19. So this crazy EPL scheduling continues to to occur with uh, game week 19 delivering us 16 fixtures played from Friday 
the 15th of January across to Thursday the 21st of January. That will then be followed by FA Cup round four fixtures on that weekend and then the whole Premier League will be made to come back and play on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday for game week 20. That's Tuesday the 26th of Jan, uh, Wednesday the 27th and Thursday the 28th of Jan where we get the reverse fixture of um, of Tottenham versus Liverpool. So those fixtures that were played just a month ago are going to be reversed towards the end of January. Listen, I don't understand how this works, why it's done like this, um, who schedules this together. But the stupidity and chaos is likely to continue. So perhaps we will be treading carefully through the entire month when it comes to this league. But let's begin capping this week's matches. Let's begin looking at the January the 1st games. And we begin with Everton at home to West Ham today. Everton are the 6-5 favourites to win this game. It's 5-2 to draw and it's 12-1 to here on West Ham. As I said, we're going to be treading lightly, but it's my job to give leans on every single game here. And um, this isn't a situation I hate. Everton didn't have to play against Manchester City because Manchester City had some COVID restrictions and had to postpone their fixture against Everton. Everton are still reaching out for a um, an ex- a good explanation for that and have... Um, looked at some sort of investigation, looked at leading some sort of investigation against Manchester City in terms of why that game was postponed. But coming into this game against West Ham, it certainly gives them an advantage because where West Ham played, Everton here are are keeping a relatively normal kind of schedule. They're not being subjected to the ridiculous Christmas schedule due to their postponement. West Ham had to play out a 0-0 draw against Southampton on Tuesday the 29th of December and this Everton team haven't played since the 26th so since they haven't played since the 26th that's a decent gap coming up in this game against West Ham having not played until Boxing Day and playing on January the 1st for a UK Christmas period for the Premier League Christmas period that's a really decent gap and it should give Everton a massive advantage as should the return of Richarlison we've spoken before how Crystal Palace struggled without Zaha and how Richarlison how Everton struggled without Richarlison well Richarlison's back for this game so that'll be an important addition here for them and um, all the advantages here are with Everton to to win this game. And I'm surprised that this line has moved uh, towards us getting Everton here at plus money. So I'm going to take that plus money and I'm going to use basic logic here. And that's that Everton are a more rested team during this hectic EPL Christmas period. And um, they will be able to use that freshness to be able to get a win over West Ham, a team that they are better than. They have better players than West Ham in most positions. They're in a stronger league position. So you would expect Everton to probably win this game anyway. Um, Obviously, there's the David Moyes factor, David Moyes returning to Everton. But I don't think that's going to be a huge factor here when you're looking at the, um, the situation of West Ham playing on the 29th and Everton playing on the 26th and Everton being at home here. And um, of course, key player like Richarlison returning. I, I think Everton will be able to, to win this game here today. Up next, you're looking at Man U versus Aston Villa, where Manchester United are the three four favourites. It's 16 to 5 to draw, and it's 10 to 3 on Villa. I'm going to complain here about the, the bullshit fucking scheduling because Manchester United only played 
on the 29th of December. And they played the late game here against Wolves as well. And they're now being made to play on January the 1st, one of the only four teams that are playing on January the 1st. So that really doesn't seem fair that Manchester United played on the 29th. And they're coming up here against a Villa team that played on the 28th. So Villa have had an extra day of rest. Man United are a team who played on the 29th who now have to play here on the 1st of January. Whereas when you look at Liverpool, they played on Wednesday the 30th of December and they're going to get to wait all the way until the 4th because everybody loves that piece of shit, Jurgen Klopp. And um, he manages to complain more than anybody, yet his team always gets the nicest, cushiest schedule in the whole Premier League. So I don't know what that dickhead is complaining about because if anybody should be complaining, it's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Man United. So I would be taking Man United to ride, ride the momentum to and win this game here. But um, they have not been put in a favourable spot with the scheduling. And uh, as we're looking at taking as many unders as possible, you can actually take the under three and a half here um, at four to six because the statistical data for this game is indicating that there's going to be a lot of goals. But as I was saying, when you're looking at the the way these players are performing at the moment, statistical data really doesn't mean that much because statistical data takes into the fact that the data that's produced over the course of the season when these players are playing at optimum performance but there doesn't seem they don't seem to be playing at optimum performance at the moment and uh, a normal game between Villa and Manchester United which would normally go over easy at least over 2.5 and this probably still will go over 2.5 um, certainly I don't think we'll get near going over 3.5 Man United's Premier League matches a season of average 3.6 goals per game and seven of Villa's last 10 have featured three goals or more but you have to look at the at the situation and if you actually dig a bit deeper there is some some data to support this one going under the 3.5 particularly looking at Man United's games at Old Trafford now take out the the 6-2 win that Man United had at home to Leeds what does that leave you it leaves you these results 1-0-0-0-1-0-0-1 and 0-0 and um, three of Villa's past five games have actually featured under two and a half goals as well. And the two that didn't had red cards in them, which completely opened up the games, including that one away to West Brom, which was only at 1-0 after, after um, 86 minutes. So this month probably has really affected the overstats for, for Aston Villa. And perhaps this isn't the, the easy over and maybe under 3.5 is a lot more of a secure bet then the over 2.5 here in this one, especially when you're getting it at four to six, taking four to six at the moment for any Premier League game to produce less than four goals is a pretty decent bet for me at the moment. As a side bet here, I've I've started to look around at other things and other ways to, to bet games. That's my job when... Um, the usual shit isn't really working out in terms of looking at how teams play tactically, looking at um, statistical data, looking at algorithms, when all of that is kind of out the window. We need to look at things that are that are delivering regularly and statistics outside of the box. And I looked at the corners here for the these games because Aston Villa are winning corner counts against so many of the teams that they're playing against this season. Man United are averaging around five corners a game, um, 77 in 15, whereas Aston Villa 
They are averaging seven corners per game. They've got themselves 99 corners across 14 matches. And Aston Villa have won the corner count in nine of their past 11 games, including five of their six away, while Man United have failed to win the corner count in each of their last four matches. Even when they beat Leeds 6-2, they ended up losing the corner count and had just two corners against Wolves in midweek. Yet the, the bookies still have Man United minus one at evens here to win the most corners and Aston Villa plus one here at 11 to 10. I would be taking a little tiny stab on that because Aston Villa, as I said, have been winning the corner counts in most matches and Man United don't get as many as, as people think. Uh, I also like the Aston Villa away corners taken market here where you can get over 4.5 corners for Aston Villa here at 10 to 11. Moving on to a game we talked about earlier on Saturday afternoon. It's Tottenham at home to Leeds. Tottenham are available at 4 to 5. It's 16 to 5 on the draw. And it's 3 to 1 on Leeds. I like this spot for Tottenham. I know they haven't won for four games, but we saw... Manchester United get right against Leeds. I think Leeds struggle against the bigger teams. The bigger teams aren't overwhelmed by their press, by their doubling up, by their pressure. I think Tottenham have good enough players to cope with it. I think they have good enough players to exploit the gaps that Leeds leave in and behind. And Tottenham's pace should be a key factor here. Also, Tottenham are rested. Tottenham didn't have to play against Fulham because of COVID protocols. So they get a nice rest here. And I think Mourinho will have his team tactically prepared to win this game. They won't be overrun by Leeds. They won't be losing the ball in key areas. They have a good physical presence and they have Son and Kane. I think this is a get-right game for Tottenham here, much like it was for Man United. And I think they can get the win against Leeds here. And I like the price at 4-5. to five. Up next now, we look at a whole run of games where I'm going to take unders. And uh, it begins with Palace versus Sheffield United. Palace are available 10 to 11. It's 5 to 2 to draw. It's 3 to 1 on Sheffield United. This one is an under here for obvious reasons, and that's because Sheffield United are a team who have only scored eight goals in the entire Premier League this season. They do look like they're going down. So this should be a game that Crystal Palace win as well. Crystal Palace themselves, though, have only scored three goals in their last five matches, and three of Palace's last five Premier League outings have ended one all. The one all here is available 6-1. to one. That would be a good result for Sheffield United so that they can buck the negative trend towards the bottom of the table where it looks like Sheffield United are going to inevitably finish unless they start to get some points and uh, picking up something here would be good for them. I'm not sure if they can. I very, very much like the under here going against the Sheffield United team who have scored, as I said, just eight Premier League goals all season. I also like the under for the next one, Wolves versus Brighton, or Brighton versus Wolves, sorry. Uh, Brighton are 13 to 8 home favourites. It's 21 to 10 to draw, and it's 9 to 5 on Wolves. This is a Wolves team who have really struggled to score since they lost Raul Jimenez. They've only scored four goals in the six matches since he was injured, and Brighton have scored just three goals in their last five. Premier League matches with uh, three of Brighton's last six games at the Amex actually finishing one all. So that's a, a one all scoreline again here, which is available at six to one. Something worth looking at. But for me, 
Those two games are very, very clear unders. The the next game here, West Brom versus Arsenal, not quite as clear. I just have a lean towards it because I think this game will have a very definitive pattern of play. Arsenal are the 4-6 favourites to win it. It's 3-1 a draw and it's 19-4 on West Brom. Now, a lot of people will be looking at this and looking at West Brom's performance against Leeds and thinking, why would you be taking the under? This is clearly a game where Arsenal keep rolling off the back of beating Chelsea, off the back of beating Brighton. They'll come here and they'll comfortably beat this West Brom team. Well, West Brom are managed by Sam Allardyce and Sam Allardyce doesn't lose back-to-back games by a 5-0 scoreline. That was a situation where his team just completely switched off. They conceded a stupid own goal within the first 10 minutes and were up against it since then. Allardyce's game plan would have been to sit there and keep things tight. Now, providing they don't make any monumental defensive errors like they did last time, they should be able to contain Arsenal for the first 10-20 minutes, which will make it frustrating for Arsenal because there will be a pattern of play where we're looking at Arsenal trying to break down this West Brom team that Sam Allardyce will have organised. Now, if you can get 30-40 minutes into a game at nil-nil, you stand a very good chance of cashing an under. Inevitably, I do think Arsenal will end up breaking through, but even that's not a guarantee. This is Arsenal at the end of the day. This is a team that have been littered with inconsistency. This is a team that basically have a, a their own comedy channel with their supporters on it. It's not supposed to be comedy, but it's funny just watching them go through the Jekyll and Hyde of emotions, the roller coaster of Arsenal. They win the FA Cup, they look like they're going to do really well this season, and they're poor. Suddenly, Abamyang, one of the most consistent strikers in Europe, gets his new contract to Arsenal, and he can't score anymore this season. That's the Arsenal way. So what's more Arsenal here than dominating this game against West Brom, coming into off the back of two wins, not being able to score, and West Brom steal the game from you towards the end. That's very Arsenal. That's also very Big Sam. Big Sam had a knack of um, of beating Arsenal when he was the Bolton manager. But Arsenal hated playing against Bolton when Sam Allardyce was the manager of Bolton Wanderers back in the day. Some of you guys probably don't remember that, but I've been doing this league and watching this league a long, long time. So never say never. And uh, my main lean here on this one would be towards the under, because as I said, I think it's going to have a very definitive pattern where Arsenal are trying to break down this West Brom and Sam, this West Brom team and Sam Allardyce stubbornly sets his team out to make themselves difficult to break down, especially with the back of being beaten so easily by Leeds last time out the under by the way under 2.5 sorry is available at six to five in this one you're not going to get those odds for the under in the next game because it's Burnley versus Fulham where Fulham are the 12 to 5 underdogs here coming to Burnley Burnley 5 to 4 it's 21 to 10 at the draw the under here is available at four to six I like it here because this Burnley team have only conceded two goals in their last five and they have moved up the table and are no longer really being talked about as a relegation team. And that's what always needs to happen. When Burnley go into survival mode, their defence is always key. Last season, fantasy points were being picked up on a regular basis with Burnley players. They were cheap, they were cheerful, and they were clocking up clean clean sheets for people. We're looking at Tadowski, me, uh, Pope. Nick Pope was a top goalkeeper to have last year in fantasy. And we're seeing some of that again with them only conceding two in the last five They've gone on a good run of results. I've seen him move up the table. They won the last game 1-0 at home to Sheffield United. And I'm expecting something similar here against the Fulham team who are finding it difficult to score. 
failing to score in three of their last five. So I like another under here. Seems a little bit chalky. Seems like we keep repeating things here why by going for these unders but as I said when I did this podcast at the start I was looking for as many unders as I possibly could and I leaned towards the under in the Everton West Ham game today obviously there was under three and a half available for Man United and Aston Villa but here when you're looking at Palace Sheffield United Brighton Wolves West Brom Arsenal Burnley versus Fulham we've hit a nice run of unders here that I think you guys should be looking at here from three o'clock Saturday to this 12 o'clock game between Burnley and Fulham. We break the sequence here with Newcastle versus Leicester where Newcastle available nine to two, 21 to 10 to draw and it's four to six on Leicester. For me, this one is a straight up money line play on Leicester. Brendan Rodgers rested players last time out for the Palace game. Jamie Vardy was carrying a knock, was only able to come on and play towards the end. He received some criticism for that on social media. So I think that it's key for Leicester to, to win here and to bounce back, especially off the back of resting players and it not coming to fruition with you and fruition for you and you only ended up having a one or draw at Palace. You need to win this game against Newcastle and you should do because Newcastle have a poor record for the opening game of the year. They've only won it once in eight years. They've also lost seven of the last nine against Leicester. The visitors have won six of their league league away games this season and Jamie Vardy is back and he's key because he's scored 11 Premier League goals and 13 starts this season. I like the price on Leicester here at 4-6 to six, despite the fact Newcastle draw drew at home to Liverpool nil-nil. That wasn't a normal looking Liverpool team. That was a fatigued team who looked to be running out of ideas who played the game against Newcastle at walking pace. If you look at this history between Newcastle and Liverpool, there is no way that that game should have gone under. In fact, the two teams who have nearly always been in the top flight, there was only a few years towards the end of the 80s when Newcastle were relegated. But you have to look back to 1971 for the last nil-nil between Newcastle and Liverpool. That's what's happening in the Premier League at the moment. Records like that are going because we're not getting a normal a normal standard of football. We're in a situation where players are just overplayed and um, we're getting some poor standard of games. And Newcastle and Liverpool certainly wasn't your normal Newcastle-Liverpool. It was a poor standard of a game. And Newcastle were able to escape with it with a point. I mean, I'm not saying Liverpool didn't have enough chances to win the game. Liverpool did miss clear-cut chances in that game. But it wasn't your usual phonetic Liverpool versus... Um, Liverpool versus Newcastle Premier League time that tie that we've all come to know. I mean, you just need to look through the the Premier League years on Sky, a program that comes on. It looks at historical fixtures and it's littered with historical games between uh, Liverpool and Newcastle in the nineties. And uh, the game we saw between the two last time was nothing like that, and ended up petering out to a nil nil draw. So I wouldn't hold any weight into that. That Newcastle all of a sudden this really difficult team to break down for the top sides. I think Leicester will come here and be able to put that right and get the win, especially off the back of their own draw against Crystal Palace last time. So Leicester on the money line is the play here. The game of the week, on paper at least, will be Chelsea versus Manchester City, where Chelsea are available 2-1. to one. It's 5-2 to two to draw and it's 5-4 to four on Manchester City. Chelsea are really struggling at the moment to score goals and Manchester City have been inconsistent all season. In fact, Manchester City have scored 18 fewer goals than at this stage last season. This Chelsea team seem to 
participate in low-scoring games against top clubs. We've seen him have nil-nils against Man U, against Man U, Tottenham, Sevilla in Europe as well. Chelsea's five meetings of sides in the top eight have seen just five goals so far this season, and Chelsea have scored just once in clashes with the top eight. And uh, Manchester City come into this game having seen under 2.5 goals, scoring 86% of their away games in the league this season. So you're looking at two teams that aren't trending towards their normal way, especially when you look at the the players that they have on paper. When you're looking at an Aguero, a Sterling, a Mares, a Kevin De Bruyne, a Pulisic, a Werner, a Havertz, a Giroud, like you're looking at all of these players that could potentially play and looking at the under being potentially the best play. The under 2.5 here is available, massive plus money at 7 to 5. The over under line here is set at 3. So the under three is at 10 to 11, the over three is at 10 to 11. And when you're looking at the way that Chelsea have played against top teams, especially off the back of them being very inconsistent as of late, I think Frank Lampard will be very, very keen to revert back to being a Chelsea team that's difficult to break down and emerging from this Manchester City game as a point. Whereas likewise, we've seen Manchester City literally go to Old Trafford and take a point, a Manchester derby that played out into a very, very boring 0-0 draw. We've seen Pep Guardiola set his team out to do that this is a different city this is a different Chelsea so this could very very easily not only play out to uh, under three but it could have under two goals it could be another nil nil draw if I was to lean towards anybody winning this game I would think Manchester City will be able to find that moment of quality because Chelsea just look really really inconsistent at the moment and Manchester City also rested as well Manchester City didn't have to play that game against Everton as well so they've had a longer rest so I think they would have the slight advantage going into this game but I'm most confident about it going under I like the under three here on the Asian goal line which is available at 10 to 11 in this one the final game we're going to look at here is the game between Southampton and Liverpool Liverpool get to wait all the way till Monday to play 8 o'clock Monday nice cushy slot for them not really in line with the rest of the teams who are playing during this Christmas period because Liverpool get to wait all the way till Monday night I guess this is what happens if your manager complains and complains and complains and complains enough and goes on a mad rant on TV just because your team managed to drop some points and uh, what they do for you is they give you a nice game on Monday night isolated away from all of the other fixtures here um, at Southampton so I think Liverpool obviously are going to to win this game here, especially off the back of not winning the last two. They're the eight to thirteen favourites to do so. Sorry, I don't think I gave the odds out. Eight to thirteen favourites to do so. Southampton at four to one, and it's ten to three on the draw, as well as Southampton have played this season. I think this is a situation where Liverpool will get right. They'll have plenty of time to rest. They did have their chances to win the game away to Newcastle. Um, it was a weird slip up against West Brom. They were coasting to that win. They were comfortably looking like they were heading towards three points. Then all of a sudden, they started to have a few calamitous moments at the back and um, it allowed West Brom to to get a point at Anfield and Liverpool weren't able to go and get the winner. That actually has allowed a lot of teams back into the title race. Had Liverpool won those two games, they'll probably be running away with it. Now we face a situation where if Manchester United beat Aston Villa, Liverpool will be coming into this game ahead only on goal difference because Man United will be level on points with Liverpool having played the same amount of games. So there will be some pressure on Liverpool here 
if that is the case and hopefully that will be the case hopefully Man United do win this game against Aston Villa today but I do think we will see a response from this Liverpool team here and I think the only thing that you really need to worry about if you're taking Liverpool is this defence because they seem to be continuing to lose defenders at the back they've already lost Van Dijk they lost Gomez Matip came back into the side but he seems to be injured again they seem to be constantly filling this hole with youngsters they may need to sign someone in the January window and that's key at the moment because it hasn't been spoken about too much the January window is open the transfer window is open Premier League players can do some key business here and that will maybe determine how they move forward for the rest of the season one or two players can make the difference between challenging for the league or challenging for a Champions League or challenging for a Europa League spot or staying in the Premier League as well. I think this is a very important transfer window. The problem is, obviously, with no attendances, who really has any money to splash out on any kind of key player that's going to make a difference, that's going to take you from Europa League to Champions League or Champions League to to title contender or keep you in the Premier League entirely. So it's a very, very odd time in football. And as I said, I've spoken about it at length on the show. We've seen some very odd matches play out. But I think all things considered here, this should be a game that Liverpool win against Southampton. However well Southampton have done so far this season, I think this is a favourable spot to Liverpool to end a sequence of two without a win here in the league. And I think they'll beat Southampton here on Monday night. Closing out with the lock on the show, there's quite a few things I like and mainly centred towards the under. Uh, if you want to get all of my official plays, I mentioned it at the top of the show, head over to lockbetting.com. This is the best possible time to sign up, not just because it's the start of the month, but it's the start of the year. I always tell people to sign up at the start of the month because you get the entire month. I use Patreon because it's completely transparent. The only problem with it is that if you sign up halfway through the month, they will bill you for the entire month because you still get the back content. The problem with my back content is that my back content is not worth anything because it's betting content and it's already expired. Whereas if you're a musician or you're a porn star, you can still enjoy that back content. There's loads of different types of people that use Patreon. I use it for gambling content. So the best way to get the most out of my stuff is to sign up at the start of the month. But this is the start of the year. The start of the year means that you could start a winning year now with us. You could get the whole 12 months of winning, winning in NBA, winning in the NFL. We've had 11 winning weeks in the NFL, winning in soccer, winning in boxing, winning in UFC, winning in WWE. We've got WWE Royal Rumble coming up. There is really no better time. Start your year off right and start the winning from January the 1st. Why wait until February or March? Why wait for the NFL season to be over? We've got 11 winning weeks in the NFL already. We've killed it in our NFL futures. We've had 15 units returned from our futures from the Champions League and the Europa League. 15-2 run in boxing. Why wait until later on in the year? Just start the year off right now. Sign up over at lockbetting.com. It's 100% transparent. 91 months of tracked profit. 91 months of tracked profit on spreadsheets, which you can go and have a look at over at lockbetting.com. We look to make it 92 and we look to start the year off right. This is the best possible time to sign up. Begin 2021 with lockbetting.com. The lock here on the show. I'm going to take that under three in the Chelsea-Manchester City game. There were lots of unders that I liked. As I said, there's lots of stuff that could have been the lock. 
some of the stuff will end up being official plays over at lockbetting.com. So if you sign up, you'll know what we end up going with. But I think Chelsea versus Manchester City is a nice game to start the year with. I think everybody will be interested in it too. Massive teams. Obviously, the natural thing to do would be to expect goals in this game. You're looking at the personnel on the pitch, you're looking at Chelsea, looking at Manchester City, looking at the names on the field. But we're taking the under three on the Asian goal line market here because we have a lot of supporting data. And uh, these two teams are not playing how they normally would. And I think that they could play out a very conservative, low scoring game here on Sunday. Before I close out, let me thank everyone that reached out to me whilst I've had COVID. I'm sorry I missed the last show. I never wanted to miss a show. It's a run that dates back to 2016, but it was just not physically possible for me to put that show out. And even today, it's been a struggle. It's been stop, start, stop, start, trying to get this done. But um, as much as I had as many people reaching out to me, telling me to get well, And um, even people in my group chat were telling me, don't worry about sending out picks. And these are the people that are paying lockbetting.com members who told me, don't worry, just get well. Don't worry about the picks. And I really appreciate that. I did continue to give out the picks. I have got a team of people. We continue to give out winning NBA props. We continue to give out as many bets as we possibly could, maybe lacking descriptions and reasoning at times. But we did continue on with the service. We just missed one show here, regretfully. And uh, I had a lot of people actually messaging me, asking me when the show's coming back, when's the show's coming back, when's the show coming back. So I know you guys... Not your EPL fix, so I've managed to chug as many hot drinks as I possibly can. And th- this is how I sound uh, with a full, a full amount of tea inside me, like a full mug of tea. Um, this is the best that I can get my voice to. So this is a pretty fucking shitty virus. I think this particular strand at the moment that we've got in the UK is one of the worst it is putting like 30-year-olds on ventilators. I actually haven't had to go on ventilators or oxygen or anything like that. I was deferred to a COVID hub where I had to take my blood oxygen levels and uh, my blood oxygen levels were not very good. They were like very, very borderline at times and they were wondering whether they did need to send me in to hospital or not to have oxygen. And I'm still quite borderline at the moment, but I just thought I better manage to forced myself to to do this show and to get something out there for you guys because um a lot of people are asking for it and i didn't want to miss two shows in a row anyway that's it for me good luck with all your bets as always and thanks for listening